Welcome to the Talking Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Will Cheshire. And in this podcast, I speak with impact-driven founders and share their real-time stories about how their solution has a positive impact on society. This is a show for founders, investors, and all individuals looking for some positivity and optimism as you hear from people working hard to help better our society and our planet. You can expect to learn about some awesome new products and services in this show that will bring you more hope in our quest to solve some of society's biggest issues. Let's dive in to this week's episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast. Plastic is the topic of discussion in this episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast as we explore great solutions and alternatives to single-use plastics with the founder of Beyond Plastic, Ulrich Kreminski. Beyond Plastic is on a mission to reduce the use of single-use plastics and focus on alternative solutions while also recognizing long-term uses and purposes of plastic. Beyond Plastic has created the Beyond Plastic Award, where they honor and showcase companies that are fostering new product and packaging solutions to do away with single-use plastics. We all know single-use plastics can be harmful to the environment, and I had a great time chatting with Ulrich about the solutions that have come to Beyond Plastic via their awards. Now, let's learn a little bit more about Beyond Plastic and the importance of reducing single-use plastics with the founder of Beyond Plastic, Ulrich Kreminski. And Ulrich, how are you today? I'm fine. Thank you very much, William. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. I'm really excited for this conversation, the movement that you have with Beyond Plastic and, and what you're doing to try to get rid of the habit of using single-use plastics and things of that nature as well. But I think to start everything off, we'd love to hear a little bit about your background and your motivation for kind of starting this movement around kind of trying to uh, get rid of single-use plastics, if you will. Sure. So, um, yes, let's, let me uh, talk about myself first. So I'm an engineer in his mid-50s. Um, I studied mechanical engineering a long time ago, back in the 1980s. And then I ran a company in, uh, in the printing industry. Uh, we manufacture equipment for printing presses. And as you know, the printing industry is a paper-based business. So a lot of things are printed on paper, books, magazines, packaging as well. So I have an attachment to organic materials like paper. Around five years ago, I decided to work less, to have time for other things. And uh, the first thing I did was starting traveling. So I went on a three-month travel to South America, and I enjoyed these beautiful countries so much and the nature I experienced there. And it was when I was um, hiking along remote beaches where no people have been, but I saw plastic trash at the beach. And uh, I was on my own, so I had a lot of time to think about things. And I asked myself, so we humans, we are kind of strange. Um, we make things which go even to places where we not are. Just didn't like it for aesthetic reasons. When I'm in nature, I want not to see trash, human-made things. And so I asked myself, it's, it's a human-made problem, so we should be able to solve it as well again. And as being an engineer, I asked myself, what could be my contribution? So... I started researching on 
plastics, um, what the technology is. Of course, I knew a bit about this as an engineer already, but uh, I researched as well what the challenges are and uh, how things have changed over the years. And um, pretty quick, I decided to do the research not only for myself, but to open a platform where I can exchange ideas with other people who see this plastic challenge as well. So this is how Beyond Plastic started. I love it. I love it. And I love that kind of correlation that you made too. While you're down in South America, you're on the beaches and, and you know, whatever country you were down there. And, and it kind of just all kind of clicked for you a little bit. It was just kind of like, we can, we can solve this if it's already, if it's a problem we made, then we should be able to solve it. So I love kind of that correlation and kind of how that works um, on that front as well. And I would love to have you elaborate a little bit more just about that and how do the 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 negative is negative effects of plastic really harm the environment in ways like that because sometimes i think when it comes to plastic some people don't quite fully understand the grand effects that it kind of goes to in terms of affecting all parts of the world like you mentioned something down in south america where no humans were on the beach and yet you're still finding things of plastic so tell us a little bit about that ecosystem of, of how harmful plastic really can be to the environment you think with plastic as a material compared to other materials we used for centuries or even longer um, is that we have here a material which we use for a couple of seconds only when it's a packaging for example and then it remains in the world for hundreds of years because it's a material which which is um, chemically very stable and even if it dissolves after a very long time it dissolves in small pieces which we call microplastic and they go everywhere so we don't have any control about where the material will end up and of course it has a lot of consequences on all sides for the oceans but also um, on the land and uh, we don't even know yet what the implications will be in future of course it will be health implications for us humans but for the whole ecosystem. And I think in general, we as humans, we have a responsibility not to change the planet in a way uh, that we don't have any control about it. And it might harm not only humans, but the whole planet. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the the human aspect of it as well, which is something I didn't even asked you. The the negative consequences uh, it can plastic can have on your health too on that front, and and that's another important one in addition to the environment too on that. And I think um, definitely something that maybe people aren't that aware of. When do you think? it kind of started to get problematic because obviously plastic is a material that's used as a lot of our manufacturing to be able to build a lot of our infrastructure, things of that nature as well. But plastic, I feel, really started to get out of control when we started doing the single-use plastics, like you said, for packaging, for convenience at stores, uh, grocery stores, things of that nature as well. So at what time point did things really start to get problematic with plastic on that front? I agree that uh, the single-use plastic is the biggest challenge we face. And um, if you look at the history of the development of this material, it started around 80, 70 years ago. And uh, this was when the chemical industry was growing as well. And the petrol industry was growing as well. Plastic is a side product of 
gas and, and fuel sourcing. So it was mainly in the 1950s, 60s, 70s when engineers worked on this product to make many new applications. And I can say as an engineer, it's a magnificent material. It's, it's the material characteristics, characteristics are awesome. And I'm not against the material plastic. And there are technical advancements which are, couldn't be here today without this material. But the thing is really that the problem is the single use. And the single use is because it's so cheap to produce. The raw material is a side product of the petrol industry. And you can mold it in all different kinds of shapes. It's a light material. So the material characteristics are good, but um, the responsibility behind we don't see. And for example, during my research, I, the first book I looked at was this one. And this is the Bible for the plastic producers. And it was first published in the 1960s. Uh, but this is an edition from the 1990s. And so here you learn how to manufacture and process plastic. And if you look at the table of contents, there's no word of environmental issues. So the industry back in the 50s, 60s, 70s was only focusing uh, how great this material is. And we didn't see that uh, we create problems because it's so um, uh, long-term material and also that it uh, there are so many applications around there yeah exactly and and that's the uh, plastics encyclopedia handbook is the name of that uh, book that you're referencing correct yes right yeah technical uh, viewpoint but not the viewpoint um what we do in long term and um, i think that's an issue we have in the last decades for all different kinds of technologies how we generate and use energy mobility. So these are all technical advancements and they lead to the world we have today. But with it, we pay such a high price on different areas we now realize and which are hard to fix. Exactly. It's like as if we almost kind of you know, moved so fast and we're really kind of reaping the benefits of all the convenience of the technology that we built, but we really didn't think about the future of anything as well and what those consequences might be in the long term. And I think that's changed a bit here, which kind of leads me to my next question is, how have you kind of seen other kind of thought leaders and people in the industries in that front kind of evolve their viewpoint on the on thinking more long term versus short term in your, you know, three plus decades of a career? Many people now active in all different kinds of areas of green technology, um, thinking about new solutions. And that's good um, because we have to look at all these different areas. So as I said before, plastic is closely correlated with the petrol industry. And there we have an issue as well with burning the carbon fuels. So um, this leads to the, to the climate discussion. Uh, so everything somehow is connected. And I don't think um, there's one single solution. We, we have to really think beyond. And there are all kinds of different measures to, to be taken. And it's not only about technology. It's about uh, a change in culture. 
because um, when single-use plastics became popular back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, we changed our behavior, how to consume things. We started to throw away things. This was new. And now we are used to this. And to turn this back, this is a cultural challenge we have as humans. That's a really interesting way of framing it. I never really think think of it as like a cultural way, right? But it's like everybody's been so accustomed to the way things are and, and what we're trying to solve for will require some change. And it can always be a little bit difficult to get people to kind of immediately jump into change as we know and, and things of that nature. That's a very interesting point on that front, something I hadn't considered. I think when we move forward and we start thinking about the ways that we can kind of change things up, what we need is kind of the technology piece, the cultural change, but most importantly, the people behind that, that can kind of spark that interest in that conversation. And that's where I really like what you're doing with Beyond Plastic as well as being able to kind of highlight these innovators and these people that are making changes and these people that are having new technologies and things of that nature as well. So, Ulrich, I'd love for you to share a little bit about uh, Beyond Plastic and what you're doing there, because I know you've got awards, you've got books featuring people. So give us a little bit of a background and overview of what it is Beyond Plastic uh, is doing right now and the movement that it's kind of started. Taking a quick break to talk about this week's book recommendation of the week. And this week, I want to recommend and highlight the book So Long Plastic by the team at, you guessed it, Beyond Plastic. It feels appropriate to highlight this book, especially since we're talking about it in this week's podcast episode. So Long Plastic highlights over 80 innovative solutions to single-use plastics and presents exciting initiatives with the goal to fight against society's common use of plastics. I was fortunate enough to receive a copy and it's full of fantastic solutions and highly recommend that you check it out. Now, let's learn a little bit more about this book and more of the Beyond Plastic initiatives with Ulrich Kreminski. So around three years ago, when I decided to build this platform, I told to myself, um, I make it very small little steps because I want to learn on my own. And uh, so the first thing was really um, that I came up with this name, Beyond Plastic. I uh, created a logo. I set up a website. And from the beginning on, I knew I want to keep this platform very open because, as I said before, we need a bunch of different solutions which we combine. There's not this single bullet solution we, uh, we can find. And I wanted to uh, focus as well on the solution, not so much on the problem. Because the problem we all know, we, we see uh, the litter everywhere and we, we hear in the media about the problems related to plastic. So I wanted to see what are the solutions out there. And so I launched the website and got into the internet, contacted people, uh, and so it grew. And uh, with the help of another person, Katie Holloway, uh, who runs a PR media agency for the green companies. Um, she has uh, set up the social media channels for Beyond Plastic. So within a short time frame, we were a small community of people who had all the goal to reduce plastics in the world. 
I love that. The power of the internet for, for good, right? I mean, that's where you kind of want to use the internet for community and good, you know, for a lot of the toxic stuff we might see on some social medias, you know, you can create that community and now look at what you got. You got awards, you got a book coming and finding those solutions that you've had. And I would love to learn a little bit more about some of the solutions uh, that you have kind of found and that are part of that Beyond Plastic community on that front too. You know, what kind of stands out to you there and, and what have you been kind of seeing? So in the, in the uh, first year, back in 2020, we decided to run an award. And um, I have um, the poster here, which we have sent to design universities, to startups, um, to schools. And we encouraged people to participate in the award. So, Will, you have to ask now, why the cat? I, you know what? I was wondering that in my head. I was like, what's the cat got to do with anything at the bottom with plastic? You know what? You took the words right out of my mouth. It's, it's simple. People on the internet love cat images. So they look at this poster. And <laughs> that's, that's <a> simple <laughs> there it is. Play it, out. Play it on the minds of the internet users. I love it. <laughs> so this promotion went well. And the award uh, rules were very simple. We said... Everybody who has an idea, a concept, or a running startup, um, or a patent, or whatever, which is related in using plastics, is welcome to share this idea. And it was amazing in the first year that we got um, award applications from all over the world. You see, that there's a lot within wow. Europe because I'm, I'm based in Germany. Katie was based in the UK and, and later in France. Um, so there's a concentration in Europe. But we had award participants from Africa, from Asia, New Zealand, everywhere. Now you're hitting all the continents. You got North yeah. America, South America, Australia, Africa, you know, Southeast Asia, Europe. I mean, it's all over the board. Yes. And because it's a global problem or a global challenge, it was very good for me to see that I can reach a global audience and that people connect. It was around 150 award applications and all of them were awesome. So <laughs> now we had to decide Hard to choose. who gets the gold medal, the silver medal, the bronze medal. But every of these 150 was nominated and we split it up into four categories. The most practical idea to reduce the use of plastic, the most innovative idea, the most beautiful, because I think it's an aesthetic thing I'll talk later about, and the best initiative. And so we ran this award in 2020. And because I was so fascinated um, about the ideas which are out there and the solutions already which are out there, that I decided to put it into a book, which is the So Long Plastic book. All these great solutions from the award are within this book, and they are described in details with great images, and we interviewed the people. Um, and just let me show some examples so you, so you get an idea what I'm talking about. For example, this is a startup in London called The Shellworks. And they are working on biomaterials. They collect um, shell and lobster leftovers from the food industry and from restaurants and make a biomaterial which is used for the cosmetic industry, for example. 
Wow, I didn't even know you could do that. There are so, so great startups out there working on biomaterials. So materials which degrade after a short time, like paper and cardboard does. Another example. Yeah, for example, this is um, a university project where they make uh, single-use uh, cutlery from um, potato starch. Or here, uh, uh, packaging for, for noodle, which can dissolve in water. So these are typical biomaterials. But for example, because we talked about single-use packaging, um, this designer from Brazil, he designed uh, cardboard toothpaste um, packaging. Yeah, look at that, 100% eco-friendly. And as I said, uh, the applications came from all over the world. This is from Somalia in Africa. You see in Africa, there's a plastic problem as well because countries in Europe ship plastic trash to these countries, which we declare as recycled plastics, but they land there and they have to, to do something with it. For example, this company uses the plastic to make building materials out of it. So a very nice recycling approach. Now talking about initiatives. So this is a family in the UK and they tracked their daily plastic use over one year and made statistics on this and published it on the internet and encouraged people to use less plastic. Oh, this one, very nice initiative as well. That's a kindergarten in Bulgaria and they used to drink out of uh, single-use plastic uh, cups and uh, this lady she had the idea that the children could use these cups every day. Well, you got to love the designs on there too. You got butterflies and animals and yeah, it's really, it's attractive. See, it's fun. The, she said the children just love it because they selected their own um, symbol and that's now their cup. They identify with it. And that's what I talked about, what I meant with we have to change our culture. It's the young people where we have to say, we did something wrong with this single-use throwaway thing. Let's relearn how to use things. Um, or here another project in Africa where they collect the trash. Or for example, we had scientific projects as well. So this was a scientific team and they checked um, the water quality in Venice during the lockdown because there was um, half a year where almost no tourists were in Venice. So the water got clearer from microplastics and they could do statistics on that. So we have scientific projects as well. We have artistic projects. We have initiatives. Um, and that's all in this book. So it's very solution-based and it's about the awesome people who work on this. Yeah, that's so cool. I love how it's just literally a book of solutions, you know, very appropriate for the name of my podcast as well, Rich, right there, you know, the Talking Solutions podcast full of book of solutions on that front. And I highly encourage those listening on audio right now via podcast or anything of that nature to go check out the YouTube video as well. So you can see some of those examples uh, within the book that uh, Ulrich was showing there because there's a lot of really good stuff. It's, as you mentioned, whether it becomes, uh, you know, 
materials, uh, technology advancements, all that type of good stuff and, and good. So lots of really good um, stuff to see in that book as well. And I would uh, definitely we'll talk about how people can get that book uh, in the future and a little bit towards the end of the episode on that front, too. But before we get to that, I would love to kind of hear your approach and, and what you would recommend to consumers and what ideas there are that they can take out and what they can do to reduce plastic packaging and things of that nature themselves. Again, I think it's a cultural question. So we have to reconnect again with the things around us and we have to appreciate the materials we use and we have to ask ourselves what is the story behind a material. And of course, that's a big problem today because if you have a material, you don't know where the raw materials came from, where it was sourced, how it was processed, who worked on it, till it's on your table. Um, but we should ask ourselves those questions. And of course, this does not uh, apply only for plastic products. It applies for, for any product. So, for example, here in Germany, if I go into a supermarket today and I want to buy an apple, 75% um, of the apples here are shipped from overseas. And of course, there is a big carbon footprint on this. Um, so I always would recommend to source local materials. And especially when it comes to plastics, um, the less packaging, the better. And taking the example of uh, the fruits then in the supermarket as well, here in Germany, a lot of fruits are now plastic wrapped. I don't really see in reason why should, you should. Hmm. They're, wrap they're wrapped in plastic. The natural skin of the apples, the best. So you don't have to additionally wrap it. So we came up with this five R mantra. Yeah? So first of all, when thinking about a product you like to consume, you should think: Do I really need this? Will I be the happier person after I've bought it? So refuse is the first question you should ask. Then reduce, use as. Um, less as possible, reuse things. The example I showed uh, in the book with this kindergarten where single-use plastic cups were replaced by cups that the children use every day. And then comes repair. We should repair things again. We should buy technical things which are repairable so we can have them for a long time. And then the last thing is, if we have a piece of plastic, that we should get it back into the recycling process. But I did a lot of research on plastic recycling, and it doesn't really work well. Plastic per se is not a good material you can recycle. It's not like cardboard or glass or metals, where we have recycling processes now going on for decades, which work well economically and ecologically. For plastics, we don't have this. And if you look uh, what we declare as recycling, a lot of it is just shipping stuff to a different location, putting energy in it. And it's, it's a very root downcycling we do. So for example, a, a transparent uh, plastic uh, water bottle, bottle can only it's thrown together with other colored plastic stuff. And uh, all you get is a gray plastic. And then from this, you can fabricate a park bench. 
but we are manufacturing far more plastic water bottles than we need park benches. So it's it's not really a recycling we are we're doing today. Yeah, and that water bottle example, you know, I just recently read that Dasani, for example, the Dasani water bottle um, that we have here in the U.S. and whatnot, the Dasani water bottle, that is literally just filtered water like you would get out of your fridge that with the filter or anything like that you could buy at a store. And I'm like, that's so unnecessary. Uh, you know, like why, why, why do you need to buy that if that water is just kind of filtered? Like I understand, you know, needing it if you're on the go or anything of that nature, maybe at a convenience store or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my mind, I, I read that and I was like, oh, there's so many extra plastic. Like why buy bottled water for your home, right? Like mm-hmm. if it's all it is, it's just literally filtered water. And that blew my mind. And then to your point right there, you know, to do that five step thing that you talked about with those R's, you know, refuse and reduce and, you know, reuse, repair and recycle, I think is what it was. Uh, you know, that is a great way to approach a frame of thinking mm-hmm. for a consumer. And, and I would imagine all that thought process translates to businesses as well, correct? Like businesses can think uh, in that sense with their packaging and stuff. Is mm-hmm. that is that Fair to assume. Yes. And again, it's, it's a cultural question as well. For example, here I have a glass of water and I need to drink a little. So I'm not drinking from a plastic bottle and because this glass, this has a cultural history of 2,000 years. 2,000 years ago, we started to mold glass and we have built the most beautiful containers for containing liquids. And just 20 years ago, it was a fashion to use a plastic bottle and sip out of a bottle. And we neglect that there's a very long human culture in things. So we have to appreciate this. And this is also a topic we have at Beyond Plastic that we say we need a material renaissance. So we have to appreciate the things we have done for hundreds of years. And, um, of course, look at them with our new technologies and make new things around. Yes, absolutely. I love that on that front. And that kind of leads me with that thought process and that thinking and the inspiration that you're getting from these companies and these solutions in your book and, and, you know, all those types of things as well. When you read these solutions and you look at what these companies and what these people are doing on that front too, and, and you hear the, the change in culture amongst people and, and, you know, whether it be at a ground level locally in a community or at a higher level, when you see that kind of change, where does that make you think? plastic could be, single-use plastic could be, and what that looks like in the industry in the next coming 10, 20 years, in the next coming decades? When I look at the solutions and these great ideas from from the people who are on the platform beyond plastic, um, I'm really thrilled that um, there are solutions and we can solve it technically. Um, Now, the downside is, if I look at the big industry today, um, they are just continuing their thing. So our economy is based on material growth. It's about um, burning fossil fuels, using the side products of the petrochemical industry to make plastics. And this is such a, a huge thing going on that I don't see right now how this could be really changed. So it's going to be difficult and it's going to take a long time, I think, too, to get that 
type of structural cultural change that you mentioned at a really high level with the big industries and stuff like that. It's going to be a, it sounds like it's going to be a big fight and a challenge. And I think, I think to me, it might be dependent on us as consumers, how we change what exactly what you mentioned earlier is culturally. If we can demand culturally that we don't want these companies to create these products, then I feel like maybe that can inspire the change that we could potentially need. Absolutely. It's us who decide as consumers and um, every one of us can do the first step. First for your own, then you have uh, your personal environment, um, you, you talk to people, um, they think about it, and that's how changes are done. I love it. I think that's a, a, such a good thing that you've talked about it throughout this episode is the cultural change and how important that is, is to kind of adapt the way that you think about things and like the glass from 2000 years ago versus just the single use plastic, I think goes a really long way in our abilities to kind of conceptualize this as consumers on that front as well. But uh, Ulrich, I, I would love for you to share ways that people can access that book and, and give it get an opportunity to, to purchase the book and, and find more about these solutions and, and learn more and, and get a little optimism in their lives. Okay, it's very simple. We have a webpage at uh, beyondplastic.net and also an Instagram page. And on the webpage, you can order the book directly. I will um, send people who want to order the, the book after hearing your podcast, send them a, a promotion code so they get a special discount on the book. There we go. You heard that. You get a special promotion code if you want to get the a book and learn more about all the great solutions just for listening. So we'll definitely give you some details on that as well in the in the show notes and the way that we're going to be promoting it on that front too. And, and, and Ulrich, uh, kind of within that as well, you know, you mentioned some social media. Obviously, people should go follow you there. But what can people expect uh, with Beyond Plastic? You know, what are some things that you have in store that you're planning to implement uh, here in 2023 and, and in the future? Let's take a quick pause to talk about some facts about single-use plastics in society today. Around 380 million metric tons of plastic are being produced yearly. Humans use about 1.2 million plastic bottles per minute. Virtually every piece of plastic that was ever made still exists in some shape or form, with the exception of the small amount that has been incinerated. Americans purchase about 50 billion water bottles per year. That averages about 13 bottles per month for every person in the U.S. Five trillion plastic bags are produced worldwide annually, and it can take up to a thousand years for a bag to disintegrate completely. Americans alone use half a billion drinking straws every day. The world uses 500 billion plastic cups every year. And in 2017, packaging production cons constituated the highest demanded use for plastic with 146 million metric tons used. And at least 14 million tons of plastic ends up in our oceans every year. And the unfortunate part is, as many countries lack the infrastructure to prevent plastic solution, such as sanitary landfills, incineration facilities, recycling capacity, and circular economy infrastructure. And when plastics end up in landfills, they aren't just harmless. They can break down into tiny toxic particles that can contaminate the soil and the waterways and enter the food chain when animals accidentally ingest them. Those are 10 facts brought to you by EarthDay.org about single-use plastics. Now let's dive back into this week's episode of the Talking Solutions podcast with the founder of Beyond Plastic, Ulrich Kreminski. It might be that we uh, run another award next year. 
And uh, so please uh, subscribe to our newsletter on the webpage so we can keep you posted. And uh, what we do as well is we uh, talk to, to people with their great ideas and uh, started a podcast series <laughs> uh, on the same track as, as you are. Um, and we, we have to see where the journey goes. It's, 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 it's a long-term mission. Uh, I love doing this. And... Um, Let's see. Be surprised what, what might happen next. I love it. I love it. Give you some feedback. Maybe they can give you some ideas for smarting the newsletter and stuff as well. Of course. It's, about, it's all about an open platform exchanging ideas. I love it. That's so great. That's so great on that front too when you, when you kind of can see that on that edge uh, when you think about it. You mentioned some, some social media, so definitely people should go follow on social media. Sign up for the newsletter. Those are a bunch of ways that people can find more information about Beyond Plastic as well on that front too. And, uh, you know, Ulrich, just uh, for yourself personally, uh, what has been something that you have learned the most since you've kind of started this Beyond Plastic movement when that idea popped into your head when you were walking on the beach and nature and, and seeing that uh, plastic that kind of interrupted that wonderful time in nature and whatnot in South America? So what have you kind of learned the most uh, either about yourself or uh, just about, uh, yeah, about yourself in, in this journey? I learned that if you have something on your mind and you, and you think problem, not, not only for you, but, but for, for mankind, just, just start working on it, understanding with it, talk to, to people. And as you mentioned before, with the internet, the great thing is you have access now to, to half of humankind. So, so 4 billion people virtually uh, can reach you or you can reach them and just start a movement, as you did with your podcast. I, I think you have the same mission in your mind that you said, I want to do something. And um, it's amazing what, what you experience on this journey. And, and uh, you can inspire other people, other people inspire you. So this was a very interesting experience for me. I love it. It's fantastic. Just kind of get after it, you know, talk to the people that you want to learn from, learn and then kind of put forth into your mission and, and start to do. I think that's such fantastic advice on yes. that front there. And always be open. And, and, and uh, as I said before, the, I don't think there's a single solution for this plastic challenge. It needs all technically, culturally, and uh, every region will have its own challenges. So, so be open to these ideas. It's For me, it's not about um, knowing everything and telling other people what to do. It's, it's about getting understanding, listening to others and work on a goal together. Exactly. Work together. Like you said, it's the community. It's about exchanging ideas, inspiration, everything on that front as well. Uh, Ulrich, is, is there anything else that you would like to add that maybe we missed on the podcast that you wanted to cover? No, thank you very much. Awesome. That means I did my job well. We, we hit all the topics. Fantastic. Ulrich, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've really enjoyed this episode and learning about some of the solutions that the people in your community are providing and what you've kind of seen and the great platform that you've given these creators and these people that are trying to solve these problems as well through your book and through the, the, the awards that you have for the Beyond Plastic Award. And I look forward to seeing what that next award is. And as you mentioned, in the next year, potentially, and on that front. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I thank you, Will. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity and for this great conversation. 
Thank you. And that is the founder of Beyond Plastic, Ulrich Krominski, joining us here on the Talking Solutions podcast. You definitely want to go check out his book. You can get it. It's along plastic at beyondplastic.net. That's exactly how it sounds. That's beyondplastic.net. And then you can do backslash book as well to learn way more about all the solutions that are in the so long plastic book from all the great people that are providing those solutions on that front be sure to sign up for the newsletter follow them on social media so that you can stay up to date for this movement to help make single-use plastics obsolete and of course look at other art alternatives from a material perspective and that's going to wrap up this edition of the talking solutions podcast as always if you enjoyed this episode i would deeply appreciate a review and hit that subscribe button we also got the newsletter as well with some bonus content on some things including some more information on ulrich and an access link to that book as well so definitely be sure to check us out on our newsletter and follow uh, on social media but as always until the next episode i hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week Thanks for listening to the Talking Solutions podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode and check out all of our guests on our website at cheshtech.com. That's C-H-E-S-H-T-E-C-H.com to learn more as we continue our mission of supporting impact-driven founders. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Talking Solutions Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Talking Solutions. If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate a review and a recommendation to a friend as we focus on highlighting these great founders and individuals providing solutions to societal problems and bringing optimism into the world.